When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Natea Jay, who's up across the 40, he swings it to the 45, the 50, down the sidelines he goes. Natea Jay, he's got all sorts of daylight. Touchdown Eskimos for the win. Dryson all over the line. Center space, David Tyson, and home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. On the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Alright. Here we go. Kings and Bruins 1-1 early second period. Also in the second, Maple Leafs up 1-0 on the Sabres. Lightning lead the Senators 2-1. Predators and Islanders tied 1-1. Flyers lead the Ducks 1-0. Blue Jackets in the first period with a 2-1 lead on the Red Wings. Several games later, including Montreal in Vancouver, the Penguins up against the Flames, and Taylor Hall makes his Coyotes debut as Arizona is at San Jose. The Oilers ending the four-game winless skid last night with a hard-fought 2-1 win over the Dallas Stars. The Oilers in St. Louis tomorrow. 5 o'clock face-off show here on 6.30. Ched, the game will start at 6.30. And Blues defenseman Colton Pareko will join us between 7 and 7.30 tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, former NHL GM and head coach Doug McLean will check in as well. Jack Michaels, we will uh, revisit his Amazing call of the dying moments of the game yesterday in Dallas. But we're going to kick things off with a friend of the program, former Edmonton Oiler Jason Chimera. Jason, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, man? Real, thanks for always good to have you on board. Thanks for having me, buddy. We appreciate it. Uh, you're making time for us tonight. Uh, I know you're. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, and uh, I was just talking. Well, not to... not, not, not too busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you have practice tonight? Yeah, I got, well, I got uh, my my son's team practice. Yeah, and you're, you're coaching. And uh, what what style of a coach are you? Uh, defense, open it up, discipline. Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's, pee- it's pee- kids. You never know. You never know what you're gonna get. But we got uh, we got a great bunch of kids. Uh, I'm coaching a CAC team, PWA team, and uh, I, I I got uh, lucky and I got a great great bunch of kids. So. And well, obviously, uh, you know your your kids would would remember you playing in the NHL, obviously, because you've only been out uh, a couple of the years. So, do they want to be like dad, or are they more like uh, hockey's a diversion from other things, or what is it? Uh, I don't know. I think it's that the hockey's just they, they they love it, and I think that's uh, um, just what they do. I think um, you know I, I don't steer them in one direction. I don't push them in one direction. If they don't want to play. They want to play it. 
but you know they love it, and it, that's uh, it's it's fun to see. You almost get more enjoyment of coaching your kids than than you did ever playing the game. So it's kind of kind of a, a funny thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I was talking to Jalen and I before the show started. You were on the ice a few days ago with uh, the 408 Tactical Helicopter Squadron. That's the, the squadron Jalen's affiliated with here in Edmonton, and, and they got to play at Rogers Place. How did you enjoy being on the ice with those folks? You know what? Anytime you get a chance to uh, uh, just kind of shoot the crap with the military and uh, all the men and women of the military and just uh, kind of thank them for what they did. And then, as you know, like, our, our countries are the, from when I play the U.S. and I play in Canada, are just the best places to be, and you feel the safest. And those people are the reason why I, why I got to play hockey for such a long time. And um, they're the true heroes of of our world today, and they keep us safe. And it's just nice to kind of skate with them and kind of share some stories with them, add some laughs. And it's kind of funny they look up to you and they're like, "Oh, you guys are the best." And I go, "We don't, we don't compare it to what you guys do for us." So I think. And it just uh, it's, it was it was really an honor to be out there with them, and it was it was a it was a, it was a great time for sure. Well, that that's the interesting thing about uh, members of, of of the military; they get so much respect from all other Canadians. Yet for them, especially, you know, you always see the stories when they're stationed overseas of staying up. Uh, late at night to watch Hockey Night in Canada or a, a Sportsnet game or, or or the Grey Cup. So, I, yeah. I mean, you're right. What what they do is so important, very noble, and often very dangerous. But it, but it's a nice reminder that what you were able to do for a living was was a diversion for them. Oh, it's and it's it just yeah, it's it's kind of cool that you kind of uh, put a smile on their face when they want, when you're like you said watching TV, watching the game, and they're kind of like diversion from what life and death situations not just uh we think we think uh having a bad game is a bad day but they're they're dealing with some pretty pretty gnarly stuff over there and, and they're doing all for for sake of our freedom so it's i mean it's so it's it's such a so like i said it was such an honor to be out there with them now when you play in a game like that whether it's with military members or uh, alumni or you get to maybe go out with uh with some fans and interact, what percentage of full throttle are we getting from Jason Chimera? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not a big guy. I'm like, I'll score some goals when they tell me to score some goals. But I don't want. I like, I like when other people score. And I like when other people have a good time. And um, I'm not out there to. I don't want to go and oh, piss the vinegar and, <laughs> and show people what I got still. And I just want people to have a good time and and just interact with people and. And that's the best thing about those games, like those charity games, the hockey helps homeless last year, and you know all kinds of events like that. And you just get to interact with so many cool people and meet new people of, of the community. And and like you said, the men and women of the military, uh, that one was so cool. And it's more the friendships you build with those those type of games. And um, you could tell them it was close at the end. Uh, with the, um, I think one of the teams won. I can't think, the geese or the goslings. I don't. I can't remember who won, but it was nine eight. I played for both teams, so it was. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty pretty like the guys are taking it pretty intense at the end. So <laughs> that's great. Well, you played over well counting playoffs. You played almost twelve hundred games in the NHL, so you know, you've kind of proven yourself, I guess. So you don't need to do it in a in a fun game. Uh, Jason Chimera <laughs> on, on Inside Sports, uh, man. A lot I want to hit on you with uh, with you tonight here before before we send you off the Pee Wee practice. The World Juniors are coming up. Uh, you had that experience. And I'm going a little bit off memory here. I want to say 1999, uh, based. Uh, I want to say the tournament was based in Winnipeg, 
And yep. was that the gold medal game? Luongo did everything he could to hold you in against the Russians? Yeah, well, actually, Miss Anikinov scored the winning goal in overtime. I still uh, still remember that goal right now. I think, you, know, you look back at when you're playing your career, you don't really look back. You don't look at things and you kind of look forward. And uh, When you look back at that, that was probably the coolest coolest event I've ever played in as a as a person because it's, it's just uh, 23 of the best players at that age at that time and and you got picked to be on that team with, with such a amazing accomplishment and such a like I said a huge honor again to do that but playing for your country in Winnipeg when the crowd was going nuts it was just uh, I still remember the goosebumps you got and the, the, how loud they were about 30 minutes before the warm up it was just and for coming from junior you never experienced anything like that and that was just uh, something you would ever you never ever forget for sure, and it, it would have been nice to get the gold medal for sure. But uh, you know, you lose in overtime, and it, it was a uh, it was a tough pill to swallow. But you look at it, but with nothing but great memories now. What well, what was the process like of making the team? I mean, now the kids have the uh, selection camp, and then they, they they pare it down a little bit, and it's such a thrill for those players to make it, and so disappointing for the guys who don't quite make the cut. What do you remember about being? being picked and then finding out oh my god i'm actually on team canada yeah we were um um we did like a summer camp just a pre pre-summer camp for like a boat i think it was like maybe 60 kids or something like that and um uh, then we did then we uh kind of pared down from there it was like only 35 we got invited to the selection camp in december and then but it was christmas i remember it was christmas day and they said well you know they're gonna wake you up either you made it and if you if you wake you up you're in trouble we're not in trouble you just haven't made it and you, you're because it was in Winnipeg, so it was pretty close to go home for most people. So they kind of cut people at last minute. And uh, I remember that night; it was just like you couldn't, you, you didn't sleep at all. Me and my roommate uh, um, Jason Ward, we didn't, we both made it, so we both were, we both were, we made it. So what, what, no one woke us up, which was, which was the best non-wake up call you never got. So <laughs> that's a, that's amazing. And and you know the tournament, it's it's become so so huge. The coverage on TSN is, is is exceptional, and I think that's helped with the hype around the event as well. And it's awesome when Canadian teams, you know, win or, or play your guts out like you guys did. And then there's some years where it's it's disappointing. I mean, last year the the poor guy misses the shot in overtime, and it goes yeah. out the other end. And I think it's a very small percentage of fans that get a little. Uh, Get a little uh, nasty about it, whereas I think, like, geez, let's just celebrate what these what these uh, kids are doing. I imagine, you know, what's your experience when you see so, from some of the criticism these young guys have to take? Well, it, 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 other countries are, they're good hockey players too. It's not like it's not like you're going against like. And you know what the the biggest thing I think we've improved overall is the goaltending. Like a lot of times when we played those things earlier. Uh, the goaltending wasn't as good on other countries, and you could you could really expose the goaltending. But now goaltending has come such a far ways, and the development's come such a far ways in like Russia, and United States, and everyone, and I mean, even like you play Norway or those kind of teams. Everyone's good, and it, and people don't understand how good those teams are and how hard they are to beat. And you have to be on and any given night to beat these guys. And it's not a given. You're not going to win every night. And if you're off, and um, the one thing, the one thing with the the those tournaments is quarterfinals. You get one shot, and if you don't if you don't play well that night, you're or if you get bad luck, sometimes a goalie stands on his head, but and you don't you don't make it through it. So, I think the criticism, you know, it's I, everyone's going to be a critic, and I if you've dealt with it my whole career, and you you kind of learn to listen out in out out in one ear and out the other kind of thing. But I think those it's uh it's a lot it's a lot to take in for a young kid, and especially when they don't do well and. 
it really you really feel like you let everyone down in the country now for sure because I think uh, you take it pretty hard when you when you lose for sure when, when you wear that Canada crest on your you know on, on the front of you you, you, take, you take a very serious winnings very serious at that point and you want to win for Canada and just uh, it's heartbreaking for those kids when they lose and you know I think a lot of the criticism is unnecessary and uh, but you're, you're you're always you're you know that you're always gonna get that you're never gonna escape that. Yeah, well, that's 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 fair. And you know, I thought it was tough on that uh, that young guy last year. I mean, he's not trying, well, he he's not trying to miss the yeah, shot, yeah, right? Like I know. He's, yeah. you know, he's tried as hard as he can to score. He's just well, people always... people forget that. People forget the human side of it sometimes, right? People forget that this kid's just a young seventeen-year-old kid, and uh, he doesn't need that. Everyone's got social media now too, so that that makes it worse. I think uh, nowadays, I think you you for whatever if a, if a player. Or, or someone says they're not reading the social media or they're not reading the paper, they're lying to you because I know everyone does. Right. I, I think it's uh, people say they always don't look at stats, they don't look at the standings, but everyone does. I think it's uh, just just what you say to kind of just to calm it down. All right, speaking of the standings, uh, the Edmonton Oilers are 19-13-4, 42 points. Uh, Arizona also has 42. Arizona is classified higher because they have a game in hand, which they will play tonight against the Sharks. Taylor Hall um, traded. I mean, I got to – I'll ask you this way. I mean, did you ever have a a player come – like a a high-skill, like much-celebrated player come to your team – or trade it away from your team, and what effect does that have on the group, even before you've played a game with or without him? Uh, we, you, you, you go either way. A lot of times at the trade deadline, I think like for for whatever reason, people want to change their teams. Or, and, but like, I think the hard, like easiest, the hardest thing for for a GM or someone to do is kind of if you have a great team, just kind of stamp put and let these guys just play it out. I think uh, players both ways. I think I think if you. If you're on the cusp and you don't, if you don't land a good player, and or like maybe now Arizona will, will have a jolt because because they're they're playing some good hockey, you know, and, and now they got Taylor Hall, they're thinking, holy smokes, our GM's really, you know, believes in us and and we thinks we can go far. So they, they got, I think that will, I think it'll help him. I think he's a good player. I think I, I think it can cannot help that team. And uh, um, but like I've seen it reverse too, where you had a uh, a guy and then sometimes it doesn't work out, and then you. You know, you lose the first round, and and you know the chemistry's off or whatever. You had some line set, and then someone's sitting out that maybe shouldn't be sitting out, and then they're they're pissed off. They're sitting out, and and kind of disrupts the flow of it all. So it could go both ways. All right, and before I let you go, uh, like I said, the Oilers uh, nineteen thirteen and four. They they were able to snap the four game slide yesterday. We'll see how they do tomorrow. Tough matchup in St. Louis. Uh, you know, goaltending and special teams and, and the two big guys have been stories for the Oilers. I think there's been some ebbs and flows with uh, with the other parts of the rosters. Uh, how, how do you see them uh, handling it so far? You know, I think they're they're doing well. I think. I mean, where they are, I mean, everyone should be like, oh, it's always this is great, but everyone seems to think that the, there's always ups and downs in the season. You're never going to play perfect hockey the whole season. You're never going to be um, winning 10 in a row, lose one, win 10 in a row, lose one. It's just, it's not feasible today's today's NHL with the parity and all that stuff. And I think they're, you know, I'd like to see some more scoring from their bottom six, which, you know, I was a kind of a guy who was a bottom six guy, but you always, you always see, you want more contributions from those guys. And, um, and it's just the defensive side of the puck. If they if they get, it's always it, if once you commit to the defensive side of the puck, I think then then you got a team. If you're not willing to compete or or commit defensively, you're not gonna. And earlier on, uh, 
Koskinen and, and Smith that have, you know, were playing unbelievable, and then kind of a couple of games where you know as goaltenders do sometimes they don't, they don't play as well, and then some pucks go in, and and then all of a sudden they're they're, they're a crappy team. Well, no, then Koskinen stands on his head last night. So I mean, they're both good goalies. I know I, I like Mike Smith a lot, and I played against him for a long time, and Nico too. So I like both their goalies. They're both big guys, and and. And goaltending is a hard one because you know, if your defense plays good in front of you, your your goalies are better. So that's just if Oilers want to uh, play uh, play good defense, their goalies are going to look good, and they're ultimately going to score more goals because of it. Jason, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Thanks for sharing some of those uh, World Junior memories. Uh, good for you to play with the Tactical Helicopter Squadron last week. Uh, I can tell how much you enjoyed that experience and have fun at practice tonight. Hopefully, we'll see you in Studio Ninety Nine soon. Thanks, really. Don't be back skating nights if you want to come watch that. <laughs> okay. That's great. <laughs> awesome stuff. Jason right. Chavera checking in, former uh, Edmonton Oiler. Of course, uh, as I mentioned, uh, 1,107 regular season games in the NHL, 71 more in uh, in the playoffs uh, with the uh, well four with Columbus, two with Anaheim. The rest of the postseason action was with the uh, the Washington Capitals, and of course started his career. Well, and he had two uh, two postseason games for the Oilers in 03. Missed those. Drafted by the Oilers, 121st overall in 1997. Uh, Excellent career, excellent career for uh, a fifth round draft pick. So uh, yeah, good good memories from him on the World Juniors, which are coming up. And uh, he, you heard him say it: you got to commit defensively for the Oilers. I think they they did that last night. I was pretty impressed with the game. Um, well, really, through about fifty seven minutes, and then, then Dallas pulls their goalie and uh, got a goal, and and it got pretty tense. But Koskinen saved the day. And uh, the Oilers worked hard enough to get the victory for sure. Always happy to hear from you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. The number to both call and text is 780-496-0063. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Now, Jack Michaels will have the full update from today's Oilers practice in St. Louis coming up in the next half hour of the show. But the way the Oilers rolled it out today, it looks like they will once again go with the big three, each at center. McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins centering their own lines, as they did last night in Dallas. And it looks as though, once again, Miko Koskinen will be uh, the starting goaltender. So he will be in... Once again, after a strong showing against Dallas last night, back-to-back Friday and Saturday for the Oilers, hosting Pittsburgh, going to wear their third jerseys against the Penguins on Friday. Canadians, Saturday at 5, so you would think the goaltenders will split those two games. Uh, And then I guess we say uh, TBA for Vancouver on Monday, final game before the Christmas break. Tomorrow, St. Louis. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Face-off show at 5. Game will be at 6.30. Jack's coming up in the next half hour. Inside Sports on 6.30. Chat. Hi, this is Leon Dreisettel from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Here's what's going on in the National Hockey League. Busy night, 2-2 Kings and Bruins in the second period. Also in the second period, Toronto up 3-0 on Buffalo. Matthews has two goals up to 21 on the season. Lightning lead the Senators 3-2. Predators and Islanders tied 3-3. Flyers up 2-zip on the Ducks. Blue Jackets and Red Wings tied 2-2. And in the first period, no score, Hurricanes and Jets. The Penguins play the Flames later. The Canadians take on the Canucks. Minnesota is at Vegas, and the Sharks entertain the Coyotes, Taylor Hall, will make his debut tonight. That one starts at 8.30 Mountain Time. Tomorrow, Oilers-Blues, 5 o'clock face-off show, game at 6.30 here on 6.30. Chad, this portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your Furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 780-4-FAMILY. You can text 780 496 0063. And Andy S., who uh, also refers to himself as the carpet guy on our text line. I know we've got a couple uh, pizza guys on the text line. Now we have a, uh, a carpet guy. Now we need somebody who can clean off the pizza stuff stain from your carpet. Then your destiny will be complete. By the way, Angie, uh, there's a new Star Wars film coming out. Speaking of Destiny. There is. There is. Are you a Star Wars fan? Um, I have seen them all except for, I think, the last two. Like this one and the one previous to it. The two recent ones? Yes, I guess they're the ones I haven't seen. Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. I guess so. The last one I saw had little BB-8. That's all I remember. Well, that's oh, maybe you haven't seen some of the side, because now there's like the trilogies and there's the side ones, Rogue, Rogue One and Solo. Okay. BB-8's in Part 7 and Part 8. Okay, well, I've seen that. BB-8's a great character. He's cute. Andy, yes, the carpet guy says, uh, hey, hey, Reed. Well, he actually says, hey, Reed and Rob. Rob's not even here tonight, but I'll pass this along to him, Andy. Jason Chimera, big, fast, strong forward. His versatility combined with his consistent hard work ethic made him a valuable commodity. I see a guy like Jujar Kara, and I think, hmm, 1,200 games is a testament to the fact that not just the Stars can have long careers. Well, Chimera, uh, I mean, he scored 17 one year, 15-14. He had 20 with Washington and 11-12, 20 more with the Capitals in 15-16, 20 more with the Islanders in 16-17 uh, when he was in his late 30s. Man, if Jujar Kara could have a career like Jason Chimera, that would be pretty impressive. I feel like Kara is a player, he, he's been teasing us a little bit. He plays well in bursts. I think he plays well when he, he plays better when he keeps it a little simpler. Um, he had some tough moments last night against against Dallas, but still a good team win for, for the Oilers. I, I've talked to some people who have played with Kara, people who have watched him play, 
who have said that guy is going to be a really good third liner. I don't see him quite in that spot yet. And, and again, I think just because of the consistency, he has, and another thing with Kara, he has always struggled in October. He got a couple points late in October this season. I believe he has three career points in October. He's, he's been a slow starter. So I think there's some, you know, some things obviously he still has to work on. Definitely has the size. Um, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be a top six player. If he could really solidify himself and, and just be a little more consistent night after night, I think you got a third-line player there. Uh, for now, I see him maybe as, as more of a fourth-liner, and that's still how I see the Oilers when I look at their depth. I, I think they have... They have two fourth lines. I don't think they really have a true third line. But if if they defend, get the goaltending, get the special teams contribution, then, you know, they can have some good nights like they did yesterday. Appreciate the text there from Andy to 780-496-0063. Adam Larson talking about defending today. We're going into every game trying to win. Some games it doesn't work out. But, I mean, looking at yesterday, I felt like we did the little things right. And that's what kind of cost us games too so every game it seems like we're, when we're playing solid defensively we tend to win the game so it's uh, I think that's a recipe we have to continue well it's the ongoing theme for the Oilers goal prevention goal prevention goal prevention the penalty kill has helped the goaltending has helped I would say still more often than not even though there have been some tough nights uh, lately and if you can keep the other team to two or less you got a shot. Three or less, you still have a shot because McDavid and Dreisaitl usually find some way to hit the score sheet, often helping with a couple of goals. McDavid had two assists last night. Then if you can get one depth goal, you get to three. Easier said than done. But, you know, even look at that. Like I said, that game against Minnesota, I didn't think the Oilers played that bad. They got to, well, really they got to four because they scored one late with the goalie pulled. Um, they, they could have had a couple of saves. That's probably a game they could have won 4-3. Against Toronto... I, I, you know what? It's always disappointing. They got a long losing streak to the Leafs now. The Toronto's four and zero at Rogers Place. Huge fan rivalry, obviously, between the the two fan bases. With so many Leafs fans always going to Rogers Place, uh, they're kind of either you, you, uh, you love them or you hate them type team. I, I didn't think the Oilers played poorly in that game. I thought the Leafs were better in the first period. Edmonton was better in the second period. Problem was Edmonton still lost the period. And they made a couple errors defending, and it was Drysdale McDavid uh, losing their back checks on the on the Leafs' second goal. Now the Oilers couldn't finish that game, but uh, you know, still they probably you know if the Oilers defend a little better, that could have been a two-one game or a one-one game late into the third period, and maybe at least pull a point out. Dave Tippett on sticking with the three big guys at center today. Read and react every day. It's good if we think we can win with it. And I mean, it's odd that that Nuge would get more minutes than the other two guys, but he killed penalties, so I guess that adds both up. Si- both sides of the special teams, like the we had six power plays there last night, one shortened one when we scored early, but that's where all three of them get big minutes in there. All right, and Gator texting in as well. He says, hey, Reed, uh, I would compare Kara to Chimera early in his career. Both good skaters sometimes looked a little bit lost in their own end and uh, both just average puck handlers. Uh, yeah, probably fair. Uh, I don't know. Does Chimera maybe skate a little better than Kara? From what I recall of a, a, a young Chimera, I, I would probably say so. And I will say this about Jujar. He... 
I think he gets into a little bit of trouble when he tries to overhandle the puck. There was that play in his own end last night inside the old blue line, inside his old blue line. He hung on to it a bit too long after the Oilers won a face-off. It led to some trouble. And I think he's better offensively when he just plays in a straight line, either takes a shot or gets it into the corner and goes after it. Uh, you know, I don't think Jujar is a dangler. I, I think he had that little burst offensively, and then maybe he started thinking he was going to score some fancy goals. Uh, I think he just needs to stick with how he got those goals to begin with. He's an interesting player to watch because you see these bursts where you're like, man, here comes Jujar, and then other nights uh, you're wondering if that's the same guy. And look, they won last night. Don't want to pick on him, but he, he's an interesting player to kind of watch his trajectory since he's become a regular in the NHL. Dave Tippett, coach of the Oilers, on that furious end to last night's game. There's different ways to look at it. We kept things the outside other than and the one goal they got. It was They got a lucky break on because it hits Nursey and goes right back with the same guy, right? So he's trying to go to back door to the other guy. So that's there. But that's that's one of those ones where you, you know, you look at it. I looked at it all today, and we were positionally pretty sound. You're, uh, you know, it's that, that combination you're trying to find, like, you got players like Connor and Drysaddle on there because if we do get the puck, they'll make a play. You know, it's that, it's that, or do you have a guy in there that's just flip it around and block shots? So you're trying to find that happy medium of how to shut it down. But all in all, Koski was real good. We only, like, they had the one chance off the backboards there other than the goal, but lots of kind of stuff around the outside, not much inside. So it was all right. Dave Tippett on the end of last night's game. I know we had some listeners asking Rob and I last night, would you or would you not have Drysaddle McDavid on the ice with an empty net? I th- I think you do have them out there for at least part of it because of the speed and because of the ability to win a one-on-one race for the puck or a one-on-one situation where then you might get an opportunity at the empty net to, to finish it. I think that's why those players play in those those situations. Uh, I, I think Leon's better overall defensively than McDavid in terms of his, his work down low, but I think you have McDavid out there with the other team's net empty simply because of his speed. Uh, don't forget, guys, go to the contest page on 630Ched.com. Look for the Air Canada fan flight. You can win an unforgettable experience to see the Oilers play in Las Vegas, courtesy of Air Canada. Head to 630Ched contest page now and uh, enter online. That is uh, pretty cool. Great place to watch a hockey game. Speaking of that end last night, Jack Michaels will break it down and the latest from Oilers practice. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers. Representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. Here's the finish. This is it. Klingberg up the gut. Yanmark drops it off. Corey Perry can't shoot. Pressured by McDavid. Klingberg loading, firing, tipped wide. Rebound at Sagan left corner. 30 seconds to play. 2-1 Oilers. Perry behind the net. Sagan deep left corner. One-timer. Wide. Alexiak. Rebound. Perry can't bang it home. Koskinen might have gotten a piece. 15 seconds. Klingberg. Alexiak drive. Deflected over the crossbar. Rebound taken. It's Radulov. Eight seconds to go. Stars dishing. Back behind the net. Russell protecting. Centering pass at the horn. Blocked by Archibald. And Edmonton will hang on. Two to one is your final. That is an epic call to the end of last night's game by the one and only Jack Michaels 
who must be exhausted after exerting that much energy in the final minute of last night's game, Jack, because I know you're a guy, you always want to use a golf cart. You'll, gar- you'll park as close to the green as possible so you don't have to walk too far because you're saving all that energy, even in the summer, for your play-by-play. <laughs> I uh, use a golf cart for an entirely different reason, Reed. As you know, when I play golf, I see every square inch of the golf course. So I, I need the cart to traverse some of the terrain that I unfortunately visit on, on my uh, many wayward shots. So that's why I use the golf course. I don't know why everyone is so – I mean, am I monotone usually? Like, I, I, everyone is so geeked up about this call – and I, I was just like, oh, okay, well, thanks. I, I didn't realize that it resonated with so many people. I, I, to be honest with you, thought I always sounded like that, but apparently maybe someone, you know, yeah, gave me an extra shot of Hebo glow. Well, I, well, I know you're you're being humble and saying you're just doing doing your job, but you captured the moment, and it's always a, a nicer memory for people when it is uh, the Oilers sealing off a victory, and uh, certainly. I I, I, I want to say uh, it's probably a top five save this year for the Oilers. I mean, Smith made that great one against Ottawa. wasn't as uh, as meaningful in the game. Koskinen's made a couple great ones where he's he's reached across and made a save. But given the given the time of that game and the score, that that one certainly elevates the Koskinen stop on Perry. Well, absolutely, and for Edmontonians, it's a very, very, very small measure of revenge for for what Perry did to them in the 2017 playoffs. Even I had a bit of a flashback there when that puck came to him, and, you know, Koskinen with obviously a, a superb save and a, a superb performance, and that's ultimately... You know what it is? You you need your guy. That's that's the role of the goaltender. It's it's the same as an anchor at the back end of your pitching rotation. He's got to be the stopper. When the team is on a slide, I don't care what else happens in the game, but you're not going to reverse the slide without an excellent performance from your goaltender. And Koskinen did exactly what he needed to last night. Uh, he didn't win the game single-handedly, but without him, you certainly don't win that game. Well, I think that's a good point. And I, his, he, he was obviously the bit busiest in the in the third period. He did, he did make that great reaching save in in the second period. But that's you really needed him in the third. I thought the Oilers played a good game. They checked fairly well, limited their big mistakes. Uh, you know, Rob talked about last night the cleft bomb pinch that that led to the four on one. He got back. Dallas didn't get a shot away. But you, you need the goaltender. I mean, there's. There is not an NHL game where a team doesn't give up a grade-A scoring chance, and you knew you are going to need Koskinen in the third, and he was there. And he's been there much of the year. It's going to be interesting to see how Tippett handles the rotation going forward. He's been very careful to say it's game by game. Neither guy's a number one. We need them both. But now with St. Louis tomorrow, Pittsburgh, Montreal Friday and Saturday, Vancouver on Monday. I'm curious to see if it, that's going to be two and two or if Koskinen gets three out of the four. I think Koskinen will definitely get three of the four. He's playing tomorrow in St. Louis, uh, and I think he's earned it. I, you know, and I, I don't – I mean, yes, this play has, has fallen off, but I also think Koskinen – you could make an argument was playing better from the get-go. I mean, just slightly. They were both playing well. But for me, 
you know, by and large, Koskinen has played slightly better. I, you know, I, I think, uh, I mean, Mike Smith has given them some timely starts. I mean, he stopped 52 in Pittsburgh, and and he's he's played some big games. He won a game in Vegas. Uh, you know, that's that's not an easy place to win. So it's not like he hasn't contributed. But I think on the whole, uh, you'd give Koskinen a slight edge. I think he's I think he's earned the nod in three of the next four. Jack Michaels joining us on Inside Sports. Oilers and Blues tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. So, uh, you know, I, I was watching your tweets today from practice. Uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins remain centers on uh, their own lines. Look, I, I don't believe this is going to last forever. It, it helped last night. The Oilers got the lead, so you're not scrambling for offense. I, I think the the default position, so to speak, is Dreisaitl and McDavid on the same line. Maybe that changes if the Oilers add a little more depth down the road. That's the the big what if, I guess, for the rest of this year and into next season. But uh, sticking with the, with the three centers for now, and I guess the longer they have the lead, to me, Jack, the longer they stay that way in a game. Well, I think you look at St. Louis, and you definitely you definitely look to have the two with Braden Shen and Ryan O'Reilly. And, and the Blues have, have gotten a little bit deeper down the middle with the acquisition of Jacob Delarose as kind of the, the guy to put in the four hole. And that allows them to slide the younger Robert Thomas back to center, but in a third line role where he's a little bit more protected, still learning to cut his teeth in the league. So I, I think it's ultimately the long-term objective. And I know what you mean by the default position, but I think the default position reflects a a, a short-term goal for Dave Tippett, which would be to get back into the hockey game. I think the long-term objective, how Dave Tippett wants to go into the postseason, is the way it looks right now. I I honestly believe that. I don't think he wants to go into the postseason with McDavid and Dreisaitl on the same line. I think he wants to save that for moments where he needs it, I think the long-term objective is to have the three centers down the middle. And it's funny, you look at last night's game and you think, all right, well, wait a minute, Jack. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is not a second-line center. How is he going to get his minutes if he lines up in the three-hole? Well, you look at last night's game, Ryan Nugent Hopkins played 23 minutes, four more than Drysaddle, four more than McDavid. And the Oilers, I mean, sure, they were shorthanded. They were shorthanded three times. It wasn't like they were shorthanded eight times. So he's going to find minutes for Ryan Nugent Hopkins to play. And he's also going to find a shift or two maybe towards the end of the period where all three are on the same line together, or maybe it's McDavid, uh, McDavid, Drysaddle, and Cassian. So I, I, I really I feel like... Right now, the seeds are being planted for how Edmonton will attack the 2019 postseason. All right, Jack, uh, we always uh, touch on some other fun topics whenever we have you on the show. St. Louis as a city to visit. Give me the lowdown. Well, I mean, if you like barbecue, you're in the right spot. Uh, I I would say I would always give St. Louis an incomplete. Because I don't think we've seen St. Louis, and and this really speaks to the Oilers' fortunes or lack thereof, I don't think we've seen St. Louis in full bloom, which would be in April, when the baseball season's kicked off, when spring is full on in the Midwest, uh, the ballpark's going, the Blues and Oilers are in a playoff series, and you got the Cardinals right across the street from the team hotel. That's where I think... 
you know, St. Louis would really thrive. Right now, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, just another Midwestern city with a shopping mall and a few good places to eat. But what makes St. Louis unique, it is one of the last North American cities that can truly say it's a baseball town first and foremost. And the atmosphere around the ballpark rivals Wrigley Field in terms of just a carnival-type atmosphere, a lot of places to eat, drink, and be merry, so to speak, and a beautiful ballpark with a century's worth of baseball tradition. And for me, growing up as an American, uh, there, you know, it, it echoes a time when baseball was still the number one sport in North America. That's been a long time ago now. It, it's, it's really been you know, the last 45 to 50 years that, that football has been the primary sport in the States. Hockey still, of course, reigns supreme in Canada. But St. Louis is one of those towns where I really hope at some point in the near future, and it may be this spring, that Edmonton and St. Louis collide in a playoff series and on my off day, I can stroll across and watch the Cardinals play in their ballpark. Well, St. you can't even make an argument now about uh, the NFL in St. Louis because the, the, the team left and they're oh yeah. Well, yeah. they had the TWA dome and right. And before that, I mean, they were always an after. This again, Reed, it's truly rare because I think even even in Chicago, as much as people love to talk about the Cubs and. You know, our colleague Mark Spector, big Cubs fan, yada, yada, yada. It's still a Bears town. This is a Cardinals town. And, I mean, right off the top of my head, there's just not that many cities in and around North America, and particularly the United States, that can say it's a baseball town first and foremost. And I know Boston loves to talk about Red Sox Nation and all that, but Look, it wasn't that long ago, my lifetime, your lifetime, when we were in our 20s, they were talking about tearing down Fenway Park. So, you know, it, winning, winning, winning allows you to put nation on the back end of your team name and, and act like they've always been big fans. St. Louis is the one that for a century and another quarter century on top of that, uh, the Cardinals have, are truly uh, the center of this town, this state, and this region, uh, because it had one of the first radio stations, Reed, that, that blew across the United States in KMOX. So there's a lot of tradition here, all tied to the game of baseball, and of course, all tied to beer. And you and I would agree <laughs> that's not the worst combination that's, of the world. Yeah, that's not a bad combination at all. Hey, Jack, thank you so much for checking in. Always a pleasure. We'll see you when you're back in town. Uh, I guess we'll see you at the morning skate on Friday. Cheers, pal. Now get your Christmas shopping done. I'm sick of hearing complaints. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.